Welcome to the Simple Classroom Podcast. I am your host, Stephanie Sutherland. I am the author and creator behind The Simple Classroom on Teachers Pay Teachers and thesimpleclassroom.com. And I am so excited that you're here and so thankful that you pressed play today because our topic is huge. (laughs) The title of this episode is How Do You Reduce Stress? Which I'm not going to pretend like I have some magical formula that is going to take your stress away in merely a single podcast episode because really reducing stress is a personal effort and the amount of stress that you have varies from one season to the next, from one person to the next. So my situation and my stress is not your situation and your stress. And this is just too big of a topic for me to necessarily say I can cancel your stress or I can eliminate your stress, but I can certainly give you one system to follow to reduce it. And to give you a little bit of a background on how I even became someone who could speak on this topic, which it's an ongoing process also, Um, I'm still learning, but my first year of teaching I came into the classroom starry-eyed, as so many of us do, and it was, I believe, our first data team meeting was in September of that year. And here in the Nashville area where I live, schools start in early August, so I had just probably surpassed the one-month mark of teaching for my first year ever. When our data team meetings came around, right around Labor Day weekend, that early September time frame. And I remember my principal looking at me across the table and I was barely holding it together. I felt like I had been thrown to the wolves and no one had warned me. And I had gone to an excellent teacher preparation college, but I was drowning in the day-to-day grind of teaching. I couldn't catch up. I couldn't get ahead. I was staying late, coming in early, crying in my car on the way home, crying in the car on my way to school, dragging my feet out of my car into the parking lot to motivate myself to go in and do it all over again. And I was bone tired and my relationships in my personal life were crumbling. I wasn't seeing anybody anymore. Um, this is a, this is kind of a side conversation, but one of my biggest, like it still makes me feel guilty to this day is in the midst of my first year of teaching, my very best friend in the world graduated graduate school in December. So I was three months or so into my first year of teaching and I was supposed to go and I was supposed to leave at the end of the day on a Friday and drive three hours to Knoxville, Tennessee and be there to see her graduate and be there for her graduation party. And I was so dead tired by the end of each week that I remember texting her and telling her I was too sick to come. And she didn't buy it. I mean, she knew me. (laughs) She didn't buy it. She'd just been talking to me the day before. And I think I I mean, I know I deeply hurt her feelings and she'll never be able to understand. She didn't go into teaching. She would never understand. But I just remember feeling like I was spinning my wheels and not getting anywhere for the better part of that first year. And to take you back to that data team meeting in September, I'm sitting at the table. My principal looks across the table at me and she says, Stephanie, how are you doing? And y'all, I burst into tears 
It's so embarrassing. I started crying so hard. That kind of crying that you do where you you literally can't speak at the same time. Not like a graceful, my eyes were glistening and a single tear rolled on my cheek while I said, oh, I'm okay. I'm just tired. It was nothing like that. It was full on sobbing, shoulders shaking, people getting up to get me tissues, some people responding sympathetically, some people responding kind of annoyed because now the data team meeting is going to take even longer. And of course, everyone's hoping it won't take their entire planning period. And here I am making everyone watch me cry. (laughs) It's because I had come in just believing in my core that teaching was what I was born to do. And it was going to be a magical experience beginning to end. And here I was only one month into it already feeling like what I was doing was completely unsustainable. And I'm looking ahead at the future and it looked now instead of like this shiny yellow brick road that it had looked like on my graduation day where I thought the path is laid out for me so perfectly. Here I am with a master's degree. I already have a teaching job. I'm graduating. I'm going to go in. I'm going to mold some minds, change some lives. I'm going to do that for 35 years. It's going to be a beautiful life. And here I was one month into that adventure and already second guessing everything. And now my future looked like a murky black hole that I couldn't see on the other side of. I didn't know what laid ahead of me anymore. And I was terrified. So I sobbed in front of my entire team. I mean, my principal, assistant principals, school counselor, everybody, everybody was in there and I was crying. But the fact of the matter was, what I was doing was unsustainable. And this is the thing about teaching. We are so stressed all of the time. We are carrying a burden that is far bigger than most people are asked to carry in a professional setting. And it doesn't have to be that way. And this is not to say that the top-down pressure and the systemic brokenness of education can be fixed by simply saying, I'm not going to stress about that, but it can help. It can help you in your personal situation. And, And one of the number one ways to reduce stress is to repeat back to yourself when you encounter something that stresses you out. Repeat back to yourself, I can control the controllables. And that's all you can do. You cannot change someone else's attitude about something. You cannot change a child's behavior necessarily. You can't control when they're going to decide to misbehave. You can't control when a parent is going to respond negatively to you. You can't control even necessarily all of the circumstances that surround student data. You can control your teaching You can control your rapport and your relationship with your students, but you cannot control the outcome because there are a lot of other factors pouring into each student's lives that determine how well they perform, right? And so at the end of that first year where I felt this is unsustainable, but if I don't do this, then what do I do? I started to realize there has to be some way to reduce the stress. There has to be some way to cut some corners and take some of this off of my plate because otherwise I will be a statistic. I won't make it past five years. I won't have my hand in education in the future. I will completely jump ship and do a different career. And in full transparency, I was looking. I made it all the way to the very last round of an interview um, to work in a nonprofit. And I was fully prepared to go, but we made it to the part where they had to 
call my principal and get a reference and I chickened out because I thought, oh, once they tell her that I'm looking, then whether or not I decide to take it, I have to have that conversation with her that I was looking and I didn't feel quite ready for that. So I decided to stick it out for one more year, but I decided to make the second year as as much of a better year as I could manage, right? I didn't necessarily think I was going to make a full 180 transformation and have this beautiful, breezy teaching life, and I didn't. But I was much more mindful about what I was putting on my plate and the systems that I had in place around the things that I was doing so that I could tackle one problem at a time and I could find ways to simplify it. So When I was thinking through all of the things in my teaching life and how everything was way more complicated than it needed to be, it was virtually impossible to look at my classroom as a whole, snap my fingers and say, here's this system that will fix all of it. I had to fixate on one thing at a time, which meant that it took me a few years. I mean, it's not like I came in my second year and by the end of the year, I was like, well, now I'm great at everything. It's an ongoing process. So the way that you reduce stress is you first remind yourself that you can only control what you can control. So do the things that you can do within your control to the best of your ability in the most efficient, simplest, easiest way on you possible and let go of everything else. It's difficult, but try to let go of everything else. Now, when you choose those things that you're looking at in your teaching life, that you're going, this is always harder than I think it's going to be, or it always takes longer, or I always dread it, or it sucks so much of my time up. I want you to start with that one thing, target that one thing, whether it's grading, parent communication, um, classroom management, classroom organization, whatever it may be, the thing that you're thinking, I can never get a handle on that part of my teaching life. I want you to list the steps that you're taking to do that one thing. So let's use grading as an example, because this is something that plagued me. And I had a myriad of systems to tackle it. I didn't, and it didn't actually, it wasn't a one size fits all um, system because I had notebooks, I had homework, I had projects, I had writing assignments, I had center work. There were all kinds of different pieces of grading that I was responsible with keeping up with and deciding what's actually going to be graded. When am I going to carve out the time to just slap a sticker on that and pass it back? What am I going to recycle? You know, because we all do that. Um, so it took it took a lot. It took a lot to to pare down the work of grading to something that was manageable for one person to complete in a single week, but it can be done. So let's start with grading. List out all of the steps that you're taking each week for grading. Um, When students turn in homework, what are the steps that you take to grade and check that homework? When students are completing centers around the room or partner work, what are the steps that you take to have them turn that in? How does it get graded? When they take tests and quizzes, what's your typical process for grading those? Notebooks, if they ever get graded at all or looked at, what's your process for that? Big projects, culminating projects, what do you do? I want you to write out the steps and kind of tally up how much work are you putting in in a given month on grading. And then I want you to examine those steps. And I want you to find steps that are redundant, uh, unnecessary. Maybe they're taking longer than they need to. Maybe you're stretching it out over too much time. And I want you to start to simplify, replace steps with simpler things, cut out things that you don't need to do, cut out things you're doing too often, and start to pare down the list of steps that you're taking. It's amazing what can be consolidated when you look at it all written out. So for me, with grading, I was 
having students turn in essentially all of the work into one giant basket. Homework went in the basket, quizzes and tests went in the basket when they were done, center work was turned into the basket as they rotated through centers throughout the day. If we did small group activities that I needed to look over, it went into the basket. And I spent a lot of time going through the basket, sorting papers out by activity, then grading the activities, sorting them out by student name, recording the grades if that were applicable, and then passing them back. And it was a lot of doing the same thing over and over and over again without being able to save myself any time at all. I mean, it took it took a long time every time. I never got faster at it. The more that I had to sort through that giant green basket, I can see it perfectly in my mind, this lime green basket. The more often that I sorted through it, I didn't get faster at it. And so I started rethinking those steps. I'm like, okay, I am sifting through these papers three times a week. And then once I've sifted through the papers and sorted them, then I still have to grade them, sort through them again by name, record the grades, then sort through them by name again and pass them back. Um, And it's even more time consuming if you pass things back in a mailbox and then pass the mailboxes out to the kids, or you pass things in mailboxes and then stuff them in folders, then you're still, you're doing everything twice, right? Two, three times. You're having to find the kids' names two, three times. So some ways that I simplified it were quizzes and tests. Those got graded on the spot. When they turned them in, they did not turn them into the big green basket. They turned them into me. I graded them, and at the end of the day, I just took that same stack and I passed them back for them to take home. Graded them, recorded them right then and there as they were finishing. Now, this takes some classroom management systems, right? You have to have something for the students to do when they are done testing so they're not just sitting there disrupting other children. So have some systems in place of what you expect from them and just grade them really quickly. I just had the answer key right there. And you know how it goes. You start grading something. And once you're on the fifth or sixth one, you have the answer key memorized yourself. You can go through it really quickly. And I would just record the grade right there in my grade book on my computer, pass it right back. And I was done with it. I didn't have the paper cluttering at my space. I didn't have the stack of papers waiting for me to enter it in the computer. It was just done right then. Homework. Morning work became for me a homework checking time. You grade your own. You must grade it with a marker. You must leave your pencils in. Um, And then that was simply just a show it to me, show me the grade so I could see it. And I would walk around with a sticky note at the end of morning work time after all the kids had graded their math homework. And I would jot down notes about, you know, this kid didn't do it. This kid missed three Um, And I would just jot down relevant notes that I needed to know about what to remediate on, or maybe this particular child hasn't had theirs four days in a row, so maybe I need to reach out to mom. Whatever the situation is, whatever you're particularly looking for in your homework, if you even give it, it was mandated for us, which is the only reason I gave it, because otherwise, who wants one more thing to manage? Um, And then they just put it right back in their folders. I would just walk around. I would put a big happy star across the top to just indicate that I'd seen it. I would take some notes about what I wanted to talk to them about during small group time. And then that was it. It was graded. It would go back. It never made it in that big green basket. Center work. I started just consolidating or not consolidating. I started simplifying the assignment. So less things were turned in. If I could do word mats that were put in plastic page protectors or laminated to be written on with dry erase and reused, awesome. If I could do things with Play-Doh or letter tiles or 
writing assignments and prompts that went straight into notebooks. The less that I had loose papers in my room to be turned in, the less I had to physically look at day after day after day. I liked actually to have as much stuff in notebooks as possible because it kept it all contained. And I had to create a system for grading notebooks, which I did. I did it every Friday during our weekly reading test. I collected them all. I had a whole system about, I can link the blog post in the show notes here, but I had a 30 minute reading notebook grading system that it was a true 30 minutes to get through a whole class for the week. And it was meaningful. It gave me time to give academic feedback, pass them back at the end of the reading test. Um, And then that would be a particular test actually that I wasn't grading on the fly. We graded those together right after we were done and the kids graphed their data. So they had a bar graph that they were charting their weekly reading test grades so they could see their growth over time. So we graded those out loud together and the kids would color in their graphs and then keep their tests in their folders. And I once a quarter went through and just typed really quickly by looking at their bar graphs, typed their whole quarter's worth of reading tests. So you can see This took me several years, but I had systems in place for all of these different pockets of my room because I was feeling so overwhelmed and so stressed and grading, although I just gave you all of the details there of all of the things, grading is just one subset of what stresses us out as teachers, right? So if we can look at the things in our rooms that are causing us stress, list out the steps, whether mentally or physically writing it, list out exactly what you're doing, and we can see the redundancy, and we can see the time we're wasting, and we can see the inefficiency, then ideas start clicking into place of ways that you can simplify that for yourself, and ways you can take a little bit of work off your plate. What are some things in your room that the students could be doing instead of you? I am a big proponent of -of end-of-day jobs. It's like, It's the hill I will die on. Your kids should be cleaning up your room at the end of the day. You can help them, but they are the ones who most likely created the mess. So if there are supplies on the floor and loose papers hanging out of desks and books disheveled in the library, that is a team effort. That is not on you to straighten up every single afternoon. That is on everybody. I will also link to my end of day jobs blog post because I am super passionate about that. Um, Are there some steps in what you're doing that can be completely skipped? Are you just doing some things that when you're finished with the process, you look at it and you go, well, I didn't really need them to turn this into the basket at all. I could have just had them turn it into this place. so It was all in a nice, neat stack. And I could have just put stickers on it as they were turning it in and had it ready for a student to pass back in the morning. There was no reason for me to turn it into the basket and get all shuffled up and then have to sort through and find them. Are there some steps that are redundant? Are there some things that you're doing multiple times throughout the day to keep up with one task that you're realizing, I really don't need to do it like that. I really don't need to make this harder on myself than I than I currently am. So when it comes to reducing stress, can I eliminate it for you? No, but I can certainly help you cut back by simply asking you to examine one thing at a time, list out the steps, it'd find what can be eliminated. And whether it's grading, communication, management, whatever it is, there is a simple solution to every classroom problem that plagues you. I promise there is. I promise if you are willing to sit and just consider it for a second, think it over, decide what the next best step would be, and simplify your systems from there. 
All right, guys, that's all I have for you today. I hope that you have a wonderful week. If you're already on summer vacation, I hope that you're having a great start to your summer. If you're not there yet, I hope that the light is very much at the end of the tunnel and you only have a week or two left. Either way, I hope you guys are having a great June and we will be back next week with another episode of the Simple Classroom Podcast. Bye, everybody.